Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. Hey, creatives, this is Roland, and welcome to the Writer's Creator Space, a space where you, as an author or aspiring author, can get inspiration, advice, tips, and encouragement on your self-publishing journey. This is episode 42, and today I am so excited to be talking to my good friend, Amy Blumiers. She is actually a doctor and a chiropractic doctor at that and has her own practice. Um, And we will be talking about how um, being healthy plays an instrumental part in a role um, of a writer's life, but not just a writer's life in your life, in a person's life. And I I was so excited to do this interview Um, because productivity is directly connected to our health. So there are some things in our lives that need to change, and that's what we talk about. And basically, she opens this new world um, to us to see that, you know, it's not just about writing. It's not just about um, uh, pumping out book after book after book. It's the quality. It's the, it's the, the way you think, uh, or the way we think about this life that we live in, right? And we looking at this from a bigger standpoint, right? And seeing that, okay, to be productive, I need to be healthy. And there's some things that I have to put into place if I'm going to be a healthy writer and be more productive. So I am so excited and I hope you enjoy the interview because as I spoke to Amy, I learned so much about just about being healthy, about nutrition and and a whole bunch more that you're about here. So I can't wait for you to listen to this interview. So let's get into it and I will see you at the back end. So enjoy the interview with Dr. Amy Blumiers. Oh man, I am so excited uh, for this uh, meeting and just to hear your insight on just on health and, you know, like when I thought about this, I was thinking, you know, like as writers, we always struggle with, uh, well, not us, let me just say we struggle as with posture and, you know, like just health as well. And it'll be a good idea just to hear from you, like how we can be better, how we can be healthier even in how we like write and things like that. So that's why I am so pumped. So what have you been up to? Uh, how's work going? Yeah, good. Uh, good, good, good. I'm very excited about kind of talking about this. I'm very passionate about uh, health and, and improving health and wellness in a sense. Um, but yeah, work is going well. Uh, it's a busy day today um, and continues to be a busy day. Um, but yeah, yeah, I really, I can't complain. And how's things your end? Yeah, yeah, they've been quite busy. They've been good as well, uh, especially with the writing, uh, quite pumped as well. Yeah. That's got a lot of interviews coming up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but tell me with being a chiropractor, you are partnering with a company. What do you do with them? The Wheats thing, the Wheats Oh, so those are wheat relief. Okay, so well, basically that's so that's actually my company. So basically, what it um, oh. what had happened was COVID struck as I had just started working. So um, I had graduated in 2019 May, 
Um, and it took a couple of months before I could register in Zoom. And then, so I probably started like September and then COVID hit like a couple of months later. And I guess I was at home and it was very interesting. Just didn't really know what I was going to do, but I, I took that time to rest and reflect. And, and then um, the wheat bag company kind of just started as a, nice. so I do dry needling. And part of dry needling is that you get a bit of like post, uh, post needle soreness. And so I would always say to my patients, like if you have a wheat bag or a hot water bottle at home, then you can use that just to help ease the pain. Well, then I realized a lot of people don't actually have a wheat bag and it's definitely better than a hot water bottle just because of the way that it sits and it molds around the body. And so I had started uh, wheat relief uh, just as we kind of came out of like lockdown. So it wasn't like national lockdown, but we started working about after two weeks. Um, so I started wheat relief and then, um, yeah, just things happened and, and then uh, just completely blessed to have a partner in the States um, who just really helped open my eyes to business, to business ideas, to what it could be. And so we moved it from, so we in Zim, uh, and then we we tried the South African market and we were also trying the American market. Um, so yeah, so it was it was very, very interesting just to kind of uh, <laughs> experience business from that nice. perspective. Yeah. Oh, nice. So definitely um, uh, we'll post the, the links for that as well if anyone is interested and if they can contact you. So we'll do all that at the end. But that sounds exciting though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's just exploring like what you're passionate about, right? Because I was passionate about business and I never saw chiropractic as business. It's always mm. been like a, if in a sense, vocation for me to like help people. So having this on mm. the side was really nice to like have it. It kind of gave me the sense of like being a business owner and, you know, nice. quite nice. realize how much work it was to be an entrepreneur <laughs> at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, okay, cool. So let's get into the meat of this whole thing. And like I said, um, writers generally like posture, you know, like because we in front of the laptop working all the time, you know, like either hunched over or close to the screen. So, you know, like, and that will affect productivity. So I definitely want to hear your thoughts on that, especially like posture tips um, that we can use. Um, and just, yeah, in general, even with screens and how do we uh, get the best out of it, but not in, in, but not injure ourselves or our eyesight or whatever it is. So, yeah, sure. So I'm going to take us a step back. Um, so, you know, <laughs> what I'm, you know, kind of talking about the human body and like our evolution of like civilization, right? In the sense mm -hmm. of, you know, when we were in the jungles, we had a lot more dynamic movement. So, you know, we were climbing up trees. So we had a, a stronger upper body strength. We were probably crouching down so we could hide away from, you know, uh, predators. Um, or even when we were hunting, we were a lot more active in the sense of you're running. Um, you know, so in that sense, we, we were definitely more dynamic creatures, right? Now, as civilization kind of, continued we've come to this point where movement is not necessarily a uh, requirement so you know and, and that's which is really interesting because you can in a sense be productive 
in terms of uh, subjectively so of like sitting at a computer for eight hours and you can call that productivity but your brain still sees that as sedentary living so even though you've maybe written out 10 pages for your book and you know you've, mm -hmm. you've created that you've like achieved that goal um if you're not moving you're still living a sedentary life and somehow we've created the definition for maybe not the, the the definition but the picture of a sedentary life looks like um you know what we see on tlc um where we've got like hugely obese um people and especially for us in africa people and you know maybe we're looking at americans and and kind of going well that's what a sedentary life looks like but a sedentary life looks like someone like me who's maybe a little bit smaller but it's not necessarily moving throughout the day. Now, why is this important? Well, because from a biological perspective, right, we're looking at um, the idea that your brain works on input and output. Okay, so what I mean by that is when a baby is learning movement, what happens is the baby will do a specific movement. So let's say they um, so someone, uh, Dr. Andreas Spina, I hope I say his name right, he gave this example, which I thought was really interesting. So, if, you know, if, let's say there's something that a, a baby wants to reach for, and if the baby's movement goes this way and misses the mark, then while well, the body's going to down-regulate this specific movement and up-regulate the forward flexion, so because that achieved the goal, if that makes sense. So really the idea there is that you learn movement according to function and your brain is going what are you inputting what are you requiring from me and that's what i will give you um and so for the things that you're not doing very much the brain will down regulate or reduce that um range of motion okay so range of movement will reduce that range of movement because the other action or main priority, maybe if I had to say it that way. So, so the main priority for the brain is protection from injury, right? So whether it's protection from injury or protection from a predator, um, which is why things like pain and anxiety are a normal part of, of, of life, right? Because the brain is trying to protect you and communicate. So that's all to say that if you're a writer, and you're sitting at the desk and all you're telling your brain is flexion, then your body is going to upregulate flexion and it's gonna downregulate extension, right? Why is this important? Well, your body has certain parts of it. So if you're looking at your joints or the discs in your spine, those actually need dynamic movement in order for them to get nutrition. And you need nutrition and toxic. So, so it's nutrition in, toxins out. So you need that because nutrition in is going to help with function. Toxins out is going to help reduce inflammation. I can go on a whole another tip on inflammation. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you know. I've got, okay, I've got a question here because you said dynamic movement. So what does that look like in a life of a writer? So, well, you have to remember like your, 
the definition of who you are or the starting point of who you are isn't a writer. The starting point of who you are is human. So you have to then ask, what is the healthy movement for a human being, right? Then you can start talking about, okay, well, what are the things that are going to specifically help me with, you know, being a writer? So it's the same question that a golfer could, you know, ask us is like, okay, well, what is healthy movement? First for a human, and then for a golfer, which means that maybe that swing is going to be more up, is going to be upregulated more than the normal person or more than a writer, right? Um, so when you're looking at, so about to break that down. So the first thing is what's a normal movement for a human? Well, um, it's, which is really interesting, it's really looking at how, what joints you have in your body and how they need to move. So we've got different types of joints and with the different types of joints, you have different types of range of motion. So I'll give you an example. Your shoulder has a lot more movement. So, you know, it'll go flexion. It can go all the way up to abduction and, you, you know, just kind of go, you know, abduction, just taking all of these different sorts of movements because it's a ball and a soccer joint. So it has a lot more, has a lot more movement. But the knee is going to give you more flexion and extension and a lot less rotation. So these are things that we should actually know so that we can create healthy movement in our joints. Now, most of us, because of the sitting in school for so long and probably not moving very well, we have reduced movements in our joints anyways. Right. And I talk a little bit about this on my uh, Fix My Posture series, where we go through like what the normal range of motion is for the neck, for the mid back and for the lowest, for the lower back. Yeah. Um, and like I said to you, the, the point of that is for nutrition. Right. Um, then let's talk about like what a healthy movement looks like for a writer. Well, the first thing I would talk about here is time. How long are you sitting for? And I know okay. if you're really passionate about writing, you probably will go into flow state. So that's that state where you're so focused on what you're doing that time just isn't actually a thing for you. So mm -hmm. working, 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 and you look up again and oh my goodness, it's five hours gone, right? So that yeah. it's, it's a state that you technically want to get into, athletes tend to get into it just to peak performance um, or to peak productivity if you're a writer. So you kind of want to get into that. But you also have to somewhat learn that your, your ligaments in your spine, your muscles all need um, a break after about 20 to 30 minutes. So okay. this is when I talk about the idea of sitting standing. So it's not that you have to stop working, it's that you have to stop sitting. <laughs> it's the difference. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, yeah. Like so, your, so you can create like a, a standing desk at home and you can have a sitting desk. Can alternate between the two so every 20 minutes whether you if you're working on your um on your laptop you can shift you know or for a lot of you know this some really really cool ergonomic gimmick like gadgets that we have now that you can shift um you know screens up screens down um, the other thing that i like to tell people with their laptop is 
just watch the angle that the laptop is sitting at, right? Because if you've got the laptop at a 90 degree angle and you're looking at it, you're most likely going to lean in towards your, your screen, right? But if you tilt it backwards, your eyes don't necessarily, you don't have to flex your neck as much for you to be able to see what's on the screen. So you just tilt your, um, tilt your eyes down. So the idea, uh, yeah, no, do you have a question? Before okay. I yeah, yeah, I do. So definitely there's, ish, there's a lot there that you said. So, um, okay, so someone, let's say there's someone who maybe lives with other people and, you know, like they can't get a standing desk. What other options are there then um, for them as in posture variations that they can do instead of, let's say they can't really get a desk or whatever. So what else would you recommend? Well, I mean, it's not that difficult to, to, I mean, if you can't afford to buy a standing desk, it's not going to be very difficult to get a couple of books and pile them up onto a, a counter whether it's a kitchen counter oh, nice. or something. Nice. And so you I can actually, you know, and, and I, I understand what you're saying. And I think it's because we're both very conscious of the fact that in Africa, we don't have um, a large, like our, our classes, I think we've got a, a higher poverty line. So when we're trying to find solutions or things, it's what is the most affordable thing to do, if that makes sense. So I, I completely get that. And I think that if you get a couple of books and, you know, and just kind of put, and everyone's got those like old encyclopedic books that, you know, are like our grandparents used to read. And it's like, or whatever it is, and you just pile it up and you can, you can use that. Um, if you can't get a stand, you know, the other thing I say to people is uh, the other thing you can do with your laptop is buy a Bluetooth keyboard. It's not that expensive. It's about, I mean, you can get one for $15 here and you can get a Bluetooth mouse. So what you can do is actually then shift your laptop between sitting and standing just purely by actually moving the laptop itself and then using the Bluetooth um, keypad and, and mouse. Okay. Um, and just to ask, because like I said, there's a lot of info that you've given me. And I want to ask, I think for someone listening who has completely no uh, medical background, history, knowledge, whatever, can this be done? Like the things that you're saying, like the standing, like uh, sitting for 20 to 30 minutes and then stopping and like just now training yourself to start thinking differently about nutrition and all these things. Can it be done? Uh, and, and what are some of the tips to help someone to, th to get onto that kind of thinking and that kind of habit system? Yeah, I'd love, love that you asked that question. <laughs> um, and the reason I love that you asked that question is because I think health and wellness is, it's a trillion dollar industry, right? So mm -hmm. you can only imagine how much information, information we can divulge into we talk about nutrition and we can we can have podcast on podcast talk about productivity uh exercise all of these things and i think the the, the key to it is your mindset and and just understanding you know how your brain works so really um you know health is very individual to everyone i think um, okay. For me, I tend to look at it from what I call a biopsychosocial-spiritual. So let me just break that down. Bio is biological. So that's literally like if you tripped and fell, then you would have hurt 
yourself biologically. So you would have had an injury or, you know, inflammation or whatever. So that can span through the whole lot. Psycho is, is the mind. And so that can look at your mindset and dysfunction of mindset, right? So depression, anxiety, all of those yeah, things. Yeah. Um, a socio is looking at your work environment, your family environment, your relationships, um, because they all have an effect on, and as a chiropractor, I'm often talking about musculoskeletal issues, so back pain, neck pain. Um, th those things have an effect on, on those, you know, back pain, neck pain, but they also mm. have an effect on, um, so, you know, so socio have an effect on productivity. So that's another thing, right? Um, mm -hmm. And then spiritual really is because we're all spiritual beings, no matter what you want to call whatever spiritual yeah. you know yeah. belief system you have. So then the question is like, okay, so what is your motivation, right? And I think inherently human beings, we are created to grow and to um, just generally be better. So so moving forward and growing, and. You, but in order for you to do that, you need to have a strong why. So what is your motivation, nice. right? Okay. Then we need to ask the question of, okay, so yeah, you have a why, but can we take a step back and talk about different types of motivation? So mm -hmm. you can have um, a, a satisfaction. So you can talk about motivation from the satisfaction point of view. So um, if you're hungry, you're motivated to find some food and then you eat your mm. food and then mm. you're, you know, like the motivation disappears because now you're satisfied, right? The motivation to find food yeah. disappears. Yeah. Okay. So that, that's one type of motivation, but it's not a healthy motivation because in context of a reader, of a writer, you can have the motivation to write a book, right? Well, then you write the book. And now that motivation from a biological standpoint to so how your brain kind of works and how the motivation you know, works is that you write the book, you may be happy and excited for a little bit. And then guess what? The motivation is gone. And now you're sitting there mm -hmm. depressed and anxious because you don't under and you don't understand why. Um, yeah. Tends to happen with, um, I think Dr. Jordan Peterson spoke about, it tends to happen with um, PhD students, right? You work on something for seven, eight years, and that's your motivation. You finally yeah. get there, and then all of a sudden, it's done, and there's a drop in serotonin. Yeah. Dopamine. You're not as happy. Yeah. The other type of motivation is incentive. So you've got incentive motivation, and then you've got fear-based motivation. So the fear-based motivation may be, well, I'm a writer, and if I don't write and produce books, I am going to be, I'm not going to have an income. Yeah. And so I have to sit and write because otherwise I'm, I'm running away from poverty, right? The, from a biblical perspective, you have the idea of a little slumber, a little sleep and poverty will, will come in yes. and, and yes. grab you, right? So, so it's, if you had to use that, it would be, well, I'm not going to, you know, I'm going to sleep in the context of that um, verse actually is speaking specifically to what they call a sluggard or a very lazy person. So it's not that sleep is yeah. bad. <laughs> but it's just you know what I mean so the, the motivation is I'm running away from poverty or I'm running away from inactivity incentive based which I think the combination of fear based and incentive based is probably the best thing is kind of going incentive based is 
I want to drink 12 glasses of water. I don't drink any water. If I can get one or two glasses of water, then I will celebrate my achievement. That's an incentive-based motivation. So when you ask me, well, for a writer, can this be done? Yes, it can be done as long as you can determine what your motivation is and what your why is. And whether it's that you're running away from spinal degeneration because you're sitting at the desk for 12 hours and the reality is, is if your discs aren't getting nutrition, if your muscles are always in spasm, if you're always in flexion, you're going to have spinal degeneration, you're going to have pain. And most, you know, I mean that the typical trend is spinal degeneration, pain, painkillers, either opioid addictions and then surgery, and you're still in pain and you're still required to rehab your body and move your body afterwards. Mm. So you can use that as a, I'm not going to be that writer that gets there, right? And then incentive-based is what are the things that you can do to actually improve your levels of productivity? So that's going to be how you eat, right? If you're going to eat high sugary foods while you're writing, you may have a spike, which is going to give you lots and lots of energy, but then you're also going to have a massive drop and then you're not going to be able to work. You're going to have brain fog and you're not going to be able to clearly think about what you're doing. So wouldn't it be better to fuel your body with the food that you know is going to provide sustenance and you know energy for a longer period yeah. of time? Hey, yeah. simple questions like that. So yeah. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's, woo, yeah, that's good. Uh, all right. So there's so much I want to ask uh, for time okay. though. All right. So let's, let me just get into two more things then I think. Yeah. So nutrition, before I get to the main question uh, about how we can be more, how we can do more as writers, how we can write more and you know, like, and just be more creative. Yeah. Anyway, I'll get to that. Um, just highlight some of the nutrition things that we, um, writers can can start doing like eating wise what is is healthy food to eat you know like for a not for a writer but for a person like just to be more productive more awake more away yeah um well so you know if you're kind of looking at um i would definitely decrease any processed sugar um, I know it, it gives you this illusion that it's giving you energy, but what it does, like I said, it's, it just spikes and drops. So you have these, and it's, it's really, really actually unhealthy for you. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think from a personal point of view, I couldn't exercise last year. Um, so, and I went from like exercising four times a week and gym to like no exercise at all. And the thing that actually, um, apart from how my job is quite physical, I guess, but um, the thing that I think really helped me keep my body in relative physical shape was the food I was eating. Um, and so if you're going to be eating high carbs, so that's like your breads, your donuts, and then adding milk to your tea and having sugar. And, um, and I know oftentimes um, coffee is a big thing for, for, for writers because, you know, you, you like that, like uh, adrenaline. <laughs> Wait, are you saying it's bad? Coffee? 
So no. I know, I know, I know. Um, you know what? There are some benefits to coffee. So it's not necessarily that it's terrible. But one of the things that's very interesting is that you technically shouldn't have coffee after 12 o'clock because um, what they found is that if you drink coffee after 12 o'clock, you actually still have caffeine in your system when it's bedtime. So you're not actually going to sleep very well. And, and honestly, if you were to uh, pick between caffeine and sleep, I would go for sleep, obviously. Why am I saying this? Because that's the moment that your brain gets to rest and you get to heal. It's your healing time. Because you have to remember in the daytime, it's your stress time and then your sleep is your healing time so if you're going to have coffee i mean you can have it first thing in the morning but like really make sure that 12 o'clock is your cutoff point which is always interesting because most people actually like if you sleep really well you don't need coffee in the morning it's actually most times that you're trying to grab a coffee at midday or like slightly later to kind of give you that boost so you can keep going but then that's not good for your sleep and it creates a vicious cycle and people are really sleeping a lot less than they should be. So um, the other thing I would say to you is be aware of the things that turn into sugar. So you're looking at milk, your sugar, obviously, in your tea, your breads, so your pastas, uh, all your like white flowery things are all going to turn into just very quick burning sugar. Um, so what I would suggest, and if you're in Africa, which I think is so wonderful, is we've got tons of veg, we've got tons of um, really like superfood. So you look at things like sorghum. Sorghum is amazing. It is like highly, highly densely nutritious. And, and remember, if you think of your body as a machine that you're trying to fuel so that you can achieve something, you're not going to be putting um, terrible fuel in your car if you're you know, going on a long distance trip. You kind of want to fuel your car with like good quality fuel, you want to make sure that there's water, and oil, and, you know, coolant, or whatever you use, but it's the same concept with our body, so giving yourself highly dense, nutritious food, and, and the nice thing about Africa is we've got so much, so I add baobab powder yeah. to, like, my smoothies every morning, it's high in vitamin C, it's a superfood, uh, sorghum, um, I will start adding it, but it's really great. We've got amaranth, which is also just an ancient grain, a superfood. So you want to really be feeding yourself with those things, right? And I mean, speaking, I know you've got an international audience, but like Zimbabweans love their meat. <laughs> mm. yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah. But so, so just adding more and more vegetables to your diet and learning how to cook vegetables. Because I don't know why everyone thinks that the only way to cook vegetables is to steam broccoli and cauliflower. So horrendous. <laughs> so many better ways. <laughs> really, really. Honestly, eating healthy is not horrible. You know, it's actually great. Yeah. Um, drinking lots of water is going to be important. I electrolyte balance yeah. is really good for just like healthy function. Um, so I would, I would put that into there. Um, so yeah, from, from a nutrition point, I mean, we can always keep doing these podcasts and really start to break down things. Like I said, there's a lot of information, but a key principle, and this is, you know, is this food by God or food by man? And, you know, so when I say that, it's almost like, you know, is this food from the earth and it hasn't been tampered with that much? 
um, or hasn't been tampered with at all versus yeah. like you read the back of a label and you don't understand anything on the back of the label. And I'm a healthcare professional. I'll tell you, I picked up a protein bar the other day and I just, I looked at it and I had an instant headache. My brain is like, I don't understand anything on this. Sex. And I just Sex. put it down. But it's a protein bar, right? So, so you kind of just ask yourself that question. Ask, so ask yourself the questions of, is this fueling my body in a sustainable manner? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. Is okay. this something, is this food by God or food by man? Yes or no? Okay. Mm. Um, and I think those are really great questions to guide the type of food that you'll choose to eat. Okay, um, that's great. All right, so I think I've got one more question to ask, but I think also we definitely need to touch on the mental side of everything. And I think for that, we'll have a, another separate episode. Let's just say episode after this one, we'll just talk about just that. Um, but definitely the question I wanna ask, um, well, let me just go over some points. So definitely you're saying that there is hope. So for someone who's listening to this and, you don't know anything and you listen to this and you're like, oh man, where do I even start? Can I even do this? You are saying there is hope. These things can be learned. These things can be adopted. And as long as we start like making even small changes, but as long as we start going on that part to say, yeah, it's not for a select few that uh, this journey is for. It's just like, hey, if you want to be healthy you can be and it's just up to you to say making that choice and like you said your, your why as well yeah. is important right um why motivation all those things need to be looked at and if they are um negative then they need to be changed right so yeah. but again yeah. there is hope to change uh on that so yeah i guess my last question uh is okay so we the main thing about this is like as a writer, I want to write more. I want to be productive. I want to get all the books that I need to get out more. So you, are you saying that health has a direct impact on that? Or if I leave out health, I can still be as 100% efficient in like as a writer. What, what's your thoughts on that? Health definitely has an impact on that. I'll, I'll give you a... a simple uh, example. So something like lower back pain. Lower back pain is one of the fourth leading causes of, um, not, is one of the top, uh, I think it's the fourth leading cause, uh, at least the last time I checked. Um, mm-hmm. So a safe statement for me to say is in the top five leading causes of disability in the world. Okay. We can then break it down into um, lower back pain causing absentism, so days off of work, or presentism, meaning that you're present at work, but you're actually not as productive as you could be. Now, this is what the research is actually showing, right? Um, And so what's going on there? Well, I mean, if you've ever suffered with a headache or neck pain or back pain, you know that your productivity levels are definitely going down. And so if, you know, I'm coming from the perspective of saying, why do, why do we have to be talking about lower back pain? Can we be talking about lower back management, right? Can we be talking about how to take care of your spine? Because somehow what, what, what's happened is we've got things topsy-turvy, 
we are almost um, rendering our bodies susceptible to what we're trying to achieve versus the other way, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what we're trying to achieve um, and, and maybe not necessarily should be, I, I, this is me philosophically playing with the idea that like what you're trying to achieve should also be good for your body. Why does it have to be that in order for you to be a writer, you have to have unhealthy habits for you to be a good writer? Mm. You get what I mean. So it's it's this yeah, whole concept yeah. of what what we're really wanting to do is say, okay, we know that these things are going to decrease our productivity, and and you can ask the question of like, and so I say productivity because obviously you can look at you know what does, and maybe you can answer what does productivity look like for a writer. Well, I think it means not one being able to write more right because I think that's the goal if you're passionate about writing you need to be able to write more and write all the stuff you want to write without interruptions and when I mean that not to say for five six hours but as a goal because writing a book or books is months and is years right so you're trying to think okay how can I maximize all this time to get everything that I all these ideas that I have out you know like so that's one of the things that i see and um the quality and as mean so if i am writing and i don't have a headache or if i don't have back pain and all these things right uh, they play a part into that when i'm when i'm not tired when i'm energetic when i'm just in a healthy state of mind as well and like all these things i think play into that question of being productive you know like so that's how i see that yeah, I'm, I'm working on a, on a booklet talk about productivity and, and some of the words I used was clarity, focus, mm. you know, and, and being indistractable. And, and it's one thing to be distracted by social media, but it's another thing to be distracted by pain, uh, you know, and, and we can even talk, I mean, we're talking about lower back pain because I'm a chiropractor and that's really what I, what I deal with. But we can even talk about um, depression and anxiety. And we know that you, the way that you eat, your exercise, all impacts depression and anxiety, mm-hmm. right? You're, so then we just start yeah. to ask the question, well, what are the things that writers are struggling with? Can you, you know, should we ask that question? What, you know, what are the writers struggling with? Are they struggling with depression? Are they struggling with lower back pain? Are they struggling with obesity, you know, joint pain, um, anxiety, all of these things. And so we start asking the question of like, remember in the very beginning, we spoke about bio, psycho, social, spiritual, mm-hmm. right? Is like, can we maybe ask the question, what are you struggling with in all four of those components? Are you struggling in your biology? Are you struggling psychologically? Are you struggling in your society? Are you struggling with your relationships? All of these things can be fixed because for some reason we have this idea that we're victims. And I understand that life is suffering. Like, you know, (laughs) I think, and this, you know, I come from a very pessimistic view from both angles of like, from my uh, looking at the world, I think life is suffering, but looking from even a spiritual point of view, I'm Christian and and it all started with the fall, right? And it all started with like this idea that we had this utopia 
that all of a sudden one bad decision has led to all of the struggle that we have. So I, I come, I believe that. I believe we're starting from a point of, of suffering. And then the other thing I believe is that I think we're starting from a point of disease. And, and the reason I'm saying this is because trauma can be passed down generations. And science has shown that. Science has shown that like the DNA that's associated with a type of trauma can be passed down from, uh, from mother to child. And the child can experience the traumatic effects, even if the, the, the trauma itself or the thing that caused the trauma isn't actually present. So yeah. why am I saying this? I'm saying that, okay, so that's the very pessimistic part of it. But the thing that excites me is the optimistic side of it that we are bio-individual, uh, we are individuals with self-agency. And you can choose to heal yourself. And maybe this generation won't be the generation to live completely pain-free or disease-free, but whatever we're doing, we're doing to affect the next generation and the next generation. Do you see what I'm saying? So there's a bigger point to all of this. There's a bigger meaning to all of this. Just as much as when you're writing, you're not writing for nothing. You have a bigger meaning and a bigger purpose. So you have the capacity to have meaning with your health and your wellness. So, you know, I think that that's the optimistic side of it is that we, we have the ability to make our lives better, to manage the chaos. And, and we do that through self-negotiation. And this is something I learned from Dr. Jordan Peterson, I love, where he says, treat yourself like you are someone that you care for and negotiate, yeah, yeah. right? And, and why am I saying this? Well, I'm, I'm saying this because we are our worst bosses. Like when it comes to health and wellness, it's for some reason, it's an all or nothing. And we are like, we are terrible, ty almost tyrannical rulers over ourselves, right? And, and the idea is, can we come to a space of self-negotiation? Sit across the table from yourself. A friend calls it a board meeting. I loved that. And, uh, and, yeah. and put down exercise on the table and say, okay, so let's negotiate. How many times can we exercise during the week? Okay, let's negotiate. How many more vegetables can we add to our plate? Oh, you don't actually like broccoli? Okay, we won't add broccoli. We can add something else. No, but for some reason, we have this tyrannical rule when it comes to health where we're just like, you have to eat broccoli. You have to, and then eventually we don't want to anymore, and it stops being yeah. love. So let's, you know, from the perspective of you saying, "Hey, I want to write more. I want to be more productive. I want to be indestructible." It goes, you can be all those things and more, because as you grow, more things are shown to you. You know, as much as yeah. what is it uh, um, for those that have much, much is given. May not be saying that right, but much is required. Yeah. So much is required, but there's there's a there's another there's another verse in the in in the Bible that speaks of, um, you know, as you have more will be given. 
Yeah. You know I mean? And I really like that concept because it's like the more knowledge you have, more will be given. The more you exercise, maybe your body goes, I actually really like this and, you know, more of it. And, and, and then, you, you know, maybe get more writing, uh, you know, intuition or whatever it is that helps you become a better writer. Okay. Wow, thanks. Um, Amy, that is some crazy interesting things. And, you know, that was the point of this, you know, like to this whole other world, right, of um, writing and help that we can tap into. And this is just like, like a tip, I can imagine. This is just like yeah. a little tip of, <laughs> of what is happened because the goal again is to be productive, to be like, especially if you call to write, whatever, right? You want to, you know, be able to do all that and not be stopped because of your health. You know, like that will be unfortunate, you know, like, and we all know that God has a plan for each and every like, one of us. So if your call is writing and like in your call to write, then, hey, you, these are the kind of things now you need to be thinking. And now this whole world is open and I am pumped to hear all that. And especially like, just to know that again, there is hope that we can make these changes. And I love what you said about the whole, uh, the sitting across the table to negotiate. I love that. I mean, about the practical aspects of it to say, yeah, okay. So even about how much do I want to achieve, right? And okay, so there's this now new avenue that I've learned to this whole new info, this like info I've learned about being healthy. So how much do we want to take? How much do we not want to take? And you know, like weighing all these things, but again, it, all these things have, have repercussions and all these so apply this info that we've been learning. So thank you for that. You've just opened a whole new world to, to me as well. And just about health and it's not done because like I said, I think I want, really want to dive into the mental aspect because this is before next week because I think that is very critical about as writers there's self-doubt there's comparisonitis and like I'm not good enough and all these things because I even remember as I started one of the things was I can't write because I'm not good enough and then there was stress and anxiety and even stopped for a while because I didn't believe I was good enough and not really as associating it with a mental thing but just like hey just just one of the things and then as I grew and learning I was like oh wow this is actually a normal thing that writers face and some of the guys or some of us don't actually um, get out of that and we just then don't end up writing and we don't end up because mentally we haven't dealt with it or haven't confronted it so I'd really like to get in depth about that next week. Yeah, so I'm, I'm excited really about that. Yeah. About that. Yeah. And for the posture stuff, I mean, we barely touched anything. We spoke about a yeah. <laughs> yeah. baby portion of, of all the things <laughs> we can talk about. Um, but if, you know, there is still more information online on the Fix My Posture series, um, you know, which I, I think uh, really to okay. talk about like sitting, standing, how to stand, how posture actually affects your confidence, affects your serotonin, which is your happy hormone. So, you know, kind of when you're feeling like that, when you're feeling self-doubt and when you're feeling like you're not good enough, actually shifting yeah. your posture can make you more confident. So that's really interesting. So, you know, could you sit, stand, and when you stand, go into superwoman pose, maybe or superman pose. Um, 
So, you know, I think that that's all some very, very interesting stuff. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited. And yeah, I love talking about mental or the mental stuff because my yeah. whole thing is I think we all deserve a good quality life. That, that's, you know, that's really the thing. And, and we have the capacity to create it. We just need the knowledge for it. So thank you, Amy. And yeah. let's do that. So let's do that. So let's talk about the mental. And then maybe if we've got more info, maybe do one more episode where we wrap both things up posture and mental if there's anything else we've missed because i would really love to hear about that so thank you so much amy for your time has been an uh, honor can't wait and yeah so we'll be in touch very soon what an interview that was i really enjoyed it and i hope you enjoyed it too there were so many takeaways and there's just a few things for me that stuck out um from the interview and one of them was when she spoke about what is your why and how it's so important to be motivated the right way and not to either scare yourself into doing something, which is the fear kind of motivation, right? And that is, that's what you don't want to do. And Amy spoke about an incentive-based motivation and I agreed with it and I love that. And I'm going to try to implement that as much as I can as well while I'm still learning. So it's not saying that it's on lockdown, but I'm also going to try to implement that because like you said, that's the best way to do it. And then she also spoke about nutrition and how it's so important in the grand scheme of things. Um, and I love when she gave that analogy of a car, like how with a car, you can't just feed it anything, right? So you can't just feed it junk or else it will not run. You need to give it fuel. You need to make sure that the oil is there. You need to make sure that there's water in the car, you know, like, and your body is like that. You have to put in the right kind of stuff if you want it to run efficiently. And these are the kind of things that I really enjoyed. Next week is going to be an exciting episode. We have not stopped yet. There's going to be so much more to talk about because I could go on and on and on. But, ah, man, I am looking forward to next week. What stood out to you from this episode? Comment below or on my Facebook page, and I would love to hear your thoughts on the topic. And if you'd like to follow Dr. Amy, I have left all the links down below. Posture series, her social handles, and just if you have any questions, you can just reach out um, and ask her on those platforms. But next week as well, we continue the interview and we shift gears. We talk about the mental side of a writer and how that plays a part in the productivity of a writer. So I am so excited. I hope you are. And I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the episode. And remember, you have something worth sharing. Loved what you've heard on this week's episode? Well, well, the answer is simple. It would mean the world to us if you could head over to iTunes and leave us a five-star review and feedback. Spreading the word really is the best way to grow our podcast and achieve even greater things. Thank you. Thank you.